podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Support for this podcast comes from the patrons at patreon.com slash fmlfpl. One day later than usual recording on a Tuesday because I'm a fucking mess. What's up, dude? Tell me about your being a mess. What do you, we need an extra day to digest. How, how are you doing? Yeah, I needed an extra day of just, I needed a mental health day. Mental health day? Yeah, oh. that, it's a very 2018 thing to do, but I needed to take a day off work for mental health reasons. And I knew you would understand. I, I hope our listeners understand. But, you know... One one, you know, Liverpool draw, not the best start that I wanted in this weekend. I had some good points on Saturday. I was feeling like okay. Then the Salah Captain Blank was pretty bad. Um, pretty bad, very bad. I mean, at the uh, time, see, it this was, is what happens. We have an extra day off, and you're like, oh, it was pretty bad. If we potted yesterday, you'd have been going insane <laughs> well, about it. At, at the time, teleport back to that or time travel back to that moment because at the time I was like that's pretty bad but maybe I can squeak it out like if Kuhn like just scores one goal or something like that obviously diabolical disaster with what happened on Sunday and I wild carded last right, week wait, wait. so let's let's take it back we're getting ahead of ourselves so you you wild carded into no city attack with double defense with Mendy and Laporte yeah talk me talk me through that Talk me through talk you through it what I was thinking at the time or what I'm thinking now. Yeah. No, no, no. What you were thinking at the time, and then we can we might as well fast forward into the present. So at the time I was thinking that none of the city attackers are nailed except Kuhn, who doesn't ever play more than like sixty-five minutes. That's been like written in the stars all season. I felt so confident in his minute managing because Mostly because Jesus has been so bad that in my head I was I, I've always thought of like Kuhn and Fernandinho as like the two immovable pillars from the City team. Like they have a billion other central midfielders. They have a ton of guys on the wing. Like they can make up for for absences. I mean, as shown by Kev not starting a fucking game all season doesn't matter. But Kuhn, it's like I just thought Pep was just managing his minutes. I don't even know if it was because of the heel or the ankle or whatever the fuck. We just all we knew at that point was that his minutes were very clearly being managed. It had been what one, two, three, six weeks in a row of him not making it past seventy. Some subbed off at fifty three against Fulham. So I was like, yeah, that's no big deal. Like he'll probably score one, whatever. Obviously, he plays ninety for the first time since game week four, and then Sterling. I mean, I don't know what I was thinking. It's hard to like process it after what happened but no Sterling I just basically limited I put a hard like limit on the number of premium guys that I had in my team and tried to spread out value for a long-term sort of set and forget approach to my team rather than going for like you know four premium guys or something like that and having like a lot of question marks all over question marks in my defense like question marks in my fourth mid like all over the place and so that led me to go with Hazard and Salah instead of Raz 
So I think the biggest takeaway probably from the weekend is City being in a class of themselves in terms of the attack. Um, Liverpool are very not like to say it's one A and one B would be disrespectful to City at this point in terms of the attacking output. Liverpool are not pressing like they were last season. They look. It's just saying that they're a shell of themselves from last season attack wise would maybe be a little bit uh, hyperbolic, but they're not in the same category. It seems to me that after the performance against Southampton, granted the fixtures are a little bit mixed. I mean, going without Kuhn and Raz seems like it's just not going to be great. They just are the only side in the division that are capable of four plus. And you watch the games, and it's with Liverpool when they play medium to bad side or mid table to bad sides. You know they're still like kind of playing on the counter. They're they're getting like half chances here and there. They'll get a big chance here and there, but. When you watch City playing against mid-table to bad teams, it's just an absolute onslaught, like fucking up the ass. I mean, that could have been like minutes. nine. Yeah, and it wouldn't have even 10, been like 11, crazy. 12. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. So, but I, I, I think that it, the markers laid down there, right? Like, I, I, I feel like obviously it's very easy to say this after they put all these goals past Southampton, but I mean, Raz was priced at eleven million at the beginning of the season for a reason, and. He's coming good. He's just so fucking good. And Kuhn obviously played 90 minutes for the first time in three months. You can't account for that. But even when he was playing 60-65, he's still getting like a good underlying stats, still returning all the time. And it's just when you're when you're looking to spread the value around a defense and try and cover with six points, like when the when Raz is getting 20 and Kuhn's getting 14, then it makes it feel a lot worse because you're not covering the attacking, you know, one return for the attacker, you get the clean sheet and you're coming out net neutral by paying six or five and a half instead of 11. But when they're getting 20, then, you know, you have to realign your, your thoughts, right? Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, so there's two things that, two main like takeaways based off of what you just said, which is one, I didn't, in classic pod fashion, I didn't listen to myself at all. I was the one. Fucking jizzing all over City like two pods ago. I was yeah, one you saying, were saying like, they were under the best attack in Europe. They're the best. I want all their attackers. And then I go with this wildcard team, which is clearly just overthinking it to a T. But then secondly, I think another just like I don't know warning for other future wildcarders, as if anyone's as bad as fucking I am. Don't wildcard out your attackers when they have really good fixtures. You know, like I two weeks ago, I was um, I was talking about it on the pod how I might wild card, I probably should wild card, blah blah blah. blah. But I had a really good fixtures for my team, so I was like, no, I'm probably gonna do fine this week. It's dumb to wild card it out, even if long term I don't have the team that I want. Well, then I just popped it without really even considering because I just I don't know. I probably just got impatient and stuff. But when your attackers are home, Southampton. Even if you don't want Kuhn long term, you don't wildcard them out. That's just not I mean, a you, thing you that had, you do. You had, yeah, you had Kuhn and Dill. Yeah, I mean that's team. just not a thing you do. I what my my pre wildcard team probably outscored my current team. I did too fucking suicidal to even look, but that's <laughs> that would be the equivalent of someone wildcarding Salah out this week. You know, yeah. and it's like I understand the arguments for like maybe you don't want Salah long term. That's fine. I I. I can see a team without Salah being successful, absolutely. But 
wild carding him out before fucking Fulham is you're you're doing what I did, which is always the wrong thing to do. Don't do anything that I do because it's fucking all bad. Yeah, I mean, obviously, longtime listeners of the pod know to fade mine and your transfers because we have no idea what we're doing. But realistically speaking, I think you you raise an interesting point in that the good teams are so good and the bad teams are so bad that. Chopping and changing between your premium attacking assets, looking for explosivity, is definitely a viable tactic this season. Um, you know, I mean, people did it with Kane earlier when he was bad, which was stupid. But now, you know, doing something like home the the Manchester Derby is very difficult to call, but you know, doing something like removing Raz to get Monaghan when it's home Fulham and looking for those kinds of you know big scores. Doesn't seem horrible, even though normally I would absolutely hate that type. Yeah, we a- we actually had a question about this. I mean, we'll we'll do our teams, but just throwing in this question: Spurs game around Slack. He said, with the weak teams this season proving to be exceptionally bad, is a more aggressive transfer strategy would bring in players to face those teams worth looking into. And that's exactly what yeah. you're talking about. It does seem yeah. like it's easy to call at this point. It's like Mane yeah. and Salah are going to fucking score goals this this week. It's like written in the stars, you know. Yeah, you see home Fulham. That I mean, they're coming to Anfield. You don't expect less than three goals in that game, period. Yeah, and if it's not, if it's under three goals, it's a stunner. And you know, you realistically expect probably between three and five. I would say. Yeah. And if you have Mo and Mane, you should be getting double digits from both of those players if they're going to put in those kinds of numbers in the weekend. So I I think it, it. you know, it's starting to feel like a shift away from money and defense is maybe advisable because there are so many premium players that are coming to the fore right now in midfield and Kuhn that if you want to try and, you know, kind of play this game of, of transferring players in and out based on fixtures in these premium brackets, you, you need to have like a stable base of like, no, like you don't want Trent who's like could get rested at any moment. Like you want like, Fucking Yedlin and shit, and like Doherty and Donk. West Ham defender, and yeah, Donk. Like, you want players in defense who are just like kind of whatever, not spending that much money there. You can rotate them, you're going to play three a week, and then you can really pour it in for these explosive scores because we're seeing explosive scores this season. Yeah, we, we also had a question about that with Andy on Slack asking about just teams going all out attack, extreme premium attacking options, and then. You know, obviously you have to sacrifice defense and goalie. And if I had my fucking wild card again this week, I'd probably be looking at that. But I really feel like I just wild carded one week too early. I mean, it's obviously like hindsight to say that I went down a hundred fucking K and I'm horrible. But if I had just thought for one second, like, wait, I'm getting rid of two city attackers before home Southampton, that's dumb and didn't do it. My fucking final wildcard team would look so different than it looked. And now it's just horrible. It's My team is bad. Arguably worse. I I do this every year. I'm just fucking bad and dumb. And I shouldn't be wasting my time and energy on FPL, but I'm addicted. And it's awful. And everything's awful. And I suck. So, I mean, you, you have four premium defenders. You have Mendy, Van Dyke, Laporte, and Alonso. I, so... You know, I understand the the reasoning that you know, the rationale that you you have a base of just steady points there, and that's going to come in. But you know, it, hitting captaincy is going to be so important for you because if you don't have the exposure to all of these premium assets, 
when you have like you had a you know a solid blank on cap like I did as well, but you're not covering yourself with the other premium assets because you're trying to get like you know the high floor with your defenders. That's going to be a big thing. So I mean, Mo and Hazard just a lot of stress for you. You need to make sure that you're you're hitting cap there, right? Yeah, which is not going to happen. Which is why my team's bad. All right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, after fucking Saturday when you had Martial, Arnie, Wilson, you're just like, oh great, like fuck you all. This is great. Right. That's a that's <laughs> that's where I started on my ranting, right? Because. All the after the early games, the first five matches, I was like, okay, like I picked a fucking great team. Then came Arsenal Liverpool with a saw blank, no clean, and then I, the writing was just on the wall. I mean, shout out to like Dave and Ray and you and like everyone trying to like console me when I was in the darkness on Saturday, but I knew it was fucking coming. It's Southampton at home, like it's just there's no way I was gonna make it out alive without. A red arrow. I didn't expect six goals and like a hundred K red arrow, but there was just no way I was fucking making it out alive. So props uh, to Dave, who also was on wildcard, and you shouted I should just copy his fucking team, and he goes Raz and Coon, Captain Raz, <laughs> and I go fucking. I, I said I, go I said Glenn literally Murray just and copy. fucking you know pieces of shit. I know. Meanwhile, Van Dyke should have had a hat trick, and I should be flying, but that's a different story. I mean, if Van Dyke had two goals from Moe's two assists, you'd just be a barnstorming. It'd be a little bit of a different week, yeah. Yeah, your your situation during that City game was very, very intense. I mean, I just shut off the game and closed Slack and started playing video games, because video games have always been that escape for me in moments of deep darkness and depression and that's exactly where I went. How'd I just you- want you to I just want you to remember Jesus loves you. Oh god. He will always have a place for you in his garden of Eden that oh is my heaven. God. And just you know, just don't forget that. If Jesus loved me, he would fucking fucking play better so Kuhn wouldn't have started that game. No, Alon, Jesus works in mysterious ways. You do not question his plan. Religion out. It's so, so how'd funny. You, so how'd you do this week? Oh, I mean, dude, I did worse than you. <laughs> you I yeah, mean, but you have your wild, wild card, card, baby. Oh yeah, can't wait to wild card and get like a hundred k red arrow like uh, like you did. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm just like we're so stupid. I mean, I captain Mo. In hindsight, I will get onto it. We'll talk about Arsenal, but Arsenal are just too legit. Too legit, but. I don't know. My team's just like borderline shambles. Don't know what's happening. Everything's a little bit upsetting, and uh, yeah, I don't want, really want to talk about it. All the I, I all the I told you so is about Coon Caber out in full force on Twitter. That that was cool. No, like, but it's the same thing, right? I I, I think so. Do the fucking housekeeping. I want to talk about Arsenal. Okay, so shout out to the FMLBL Prize Access Mug League leader for November so far, Olaf Nordgren. 104 points this week to kick off November. What a fucking genius. Just another Norwegian vying for a mug. Nothing new there. Shout out to the Goal Scores Challenge leader so far. So as expected, Magic Mike's drought continues. He picks another dud in Mares, and now Darty <laughs> and Desert Bug have caught up. So we have a three-way tie up top. Why, why was it expected that Magic Mike would start plummeting? He's just been plummeting. 
and he can't stop. He even wrote in in Slack in the questions and was like, well, how am I still top the league? I haven't picked a goal score in two months. (laughs) Well, here we go. Now Scotty and Darty are catching up. Good job by us picking to Poitra there. And lastly, shout out to the FMLFL Public League leader. Nothing new. Guy, guy, as usual. He's eighth in the world right now. The top of the FMLFL Public is the number eight. Single digit. That's pretty hideous. And he had Jimenez's 12-pointer first on the bench. He didn't get it off the bench. He did not get it off the bench. Mm. But just imagine, like, (laughs) fuck. I mean, if I was eighth, I wouldn't give an actual fuck about that. I would just be beating it eight times a day. No, you would. You You beat off every, the amount of times a day, whatever your rank is. Dude, if he got 12 extra points from Jimenez, he'd be in third. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> Who's it? No, I don't think actual like human beings are up there. I mean, Jesus, that's maybe this guy's wizard, Wynaldum Leviosa. I guess so. Oh, he changed his name. Now it's Wynaldum Leviosala. Interesting. There you go. Good job Is that just like a deeper Lord of the Rings reference? That yeah, we're not just, yeah, just deeper on ten and a half right. on the train station or whatever the fuck. Great. So he's just a huge Everton fan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. So you want to start with Arsenal or what? You, yeah, it sounded I mean, like you did. It's the kind of thing where you know we we've been watching Arsenal kind of. Come to fruition over the first, you know, ten game weeks, and they were very ropey initially, and then they had a very long run of playing absolute shit ass teams, and they were, you know, putting them by the sword as they should do. But always, kind of in the back of your head, you know, they they've been all over the shop defensively. They've been chopping and changing in, you know, the midfield, the midfield two, the, the CDMs, and yeah, just like the personnel have just been all over the place, like. Rob Holdinho's coming in and out of the team. Like Lick Steiner's playing fucking fullback. Shock is playing fullback. It just seems like over the past like four games, they've just been an absolute mess fuck fest. And they've been getting away with it because they've been playing these shitty teams. But they put the marker down for me this weekend where they're, they're a legitimate team. I mean, they're not to be captained against, period, for the rest no, no, of the season. Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. I totally and, agree. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, it, Granted, we learned the hard way from watching the game and having kept on on Mo. But again, I mean, when we look, we we do this often when we have these captain blanks and these types of like hindsight things. And then ever, you know, I mean, I don't know what happens on fucking Twitter and stupid shit. But when people are hindsighting, like, what were you thinking? Like, it was so stupid. Like, you know, Coon home, Southampton, blah, blah blah. Like, you know, we had the information about. Arsenal look ropey. Liverpool expected to be an open game. You know, I saw the team sheet for Arsenal. I'm like, wow, they're going to be playing open. They're not going to shut up shop at all. They're playing all these attackers. It just didn't work out that way. And, you know, Mo had a couple of assists that didn't come in. But all in all, you know, Kuhn, again, like you mentioned, he hasn't played 90 minutes since game week four. And no one expected him to play 90 minutes this week. So on a Champions League six- week, too. Yeah, uh, exactly. Even more fuel to the fire of why he wouldn't play 90. And again, I mean, Pep probably was just like 90-0-90, and he's just not going to even be on the fucking bench tomorrow. But, you know, we, we, we cannot expect this. But, you know, when we have that, that medium to medium term of, a, of the sample size of him playing 60, 70 minutes, you know, he doesn't get the, the third return or the second return, whatever, if, he, if he's subbed at 60, you know, so... It's, I, I don't regret the decision, but it just I'm informed for the future that Arsenal are, are not to be captain against again. They're they're just fucking 
good. They're just a good team. They have good. They're good. Emery's great, and they're organized, and they're great. Uh, yeah, I mean that's not a shocker, right? I mean, like Emery's a good manager. It seems like everyone kind of knew that, and they didn't seem to be that good, like you were saying. But they are good, and the winning streak is real. And you don't win all those games in a row if you're not a good team. I feel like is the easy, like cliche way of putting it, but it's true. Um. Yeah, I mean, Kuhn, what he pro- that assist he got to Raz was late. That was like seventieth minute or something like that. Maybe he would have missed out on Bones if he was subbed. Like, it's a totally different game if he gets subbed as usual. Um, totally different week, I should say. But yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's happened to us a bunch this season, right? I mean, like every time that I, we've been... every time we've captained Mo and he's blanked, which has been a bunch of times this season. It's been like, you know, throw your hands in the air. He's had four four clear cut chances created, or some just crazy underlying stats, you know. And like, blah 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 misses a sitter, and he misses a sitter, and it's like, well, we picked it right because that's what we expected to happen. But you know, yeah. I, the thing that's for us, all I mean, me and you specifically, we've picked Mo Captain probably more than the field, but. He's, I feel like, returned reasonably for when we captained him, but he's been like an incorrectly offsides goal that, that should have stood away from us getting like an extra 16 points from that being uh, like 10 plus 6 for bonus, you know? Like, a minimum. That's, like, that's happened multiple yeah, times. That's, that's been the difference because, like, he's return when we're captaining him, he's returning and he's like a differential captain when most other people are captain at like, Coon or whoever Coon the who fuck, gets a you know? six pointer. Yeah, and and Mo gets like eight. It's like, oh great, we got two more points. Like it doesn't do anything for us. Like we're missing out on that that extra that that would propel us. So that that's been the frustrating thing for 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 me anyway with Mo captain. But I'm probably yeah, you need a little again. bit of luck to hit the like mega halls, you know. Yeah, mm, hasn't been there so far. Um. So where should we start? I mean, I feel like we should maybe talk a little bit more about like the the big premiums like you were talking about. We had questions about them. It's John Charles on Slack said Raz or Has. Guess Jason, who's on wildcard, I think. He said Raz or Kuhn, and then comparing Salada, all of them. Um John Astria, are we still good with dropping Kuhn to make to to boost other parts of the team? Frankenstein is Salah and Mane too much. I mean, there's just so uh, so many questions about all of these guys, and it's like, I don't know. Do we rank them? Do we which one do so, we skip out okay, so on, or do we just do everything for, in our power to get all of them? Is almost the question. First, first of all, before we start talking about this, I just want to make very clear that I think that you want as many of these players in your team as possible, and I think that there are the names that you just mentioned are explosive enough that they have, you know. 12 point or higher ceilings in a game week that you want to skimp on defense. I think, like, to me, that's where I want to trend my team towards. Like, okay, like Alonzo gets six points, Mendy gets six points, you know, Van Dyke gets six points, like Rabo's nine points. But these players that you're mentioning have, like, like we saw, like Raz got 20 points. <laughs> like, you have one of them and they could score the same as three of the defenders. So, that's that's for number one. I think that that's definitely like when I'm. I mean, I'm in a wild card soon, probably. And when I'm tinker, I'm like, how can I fucking spend like three million on every defender? Oh, they're they're not in the game, but I want to. 
But in in terms of the actual names, I mean, again, like I mentioned earlier, I just I think City are are just so good, and Liverpool have been kind of bad this season. I, I mean, Firmino has just been fucking horrible. The midfield three has been out of sorts, and they've been kind of injured, and they don't press as much. And I have a lot less faith in in Liverpool's attack. I mean, they've only had what like one game this season in the league where they really put a put a lot past. They have what one one four goal game against right. West Ham, yeah, game week one, and game then maybe one, one other three uh, 0 against Southampton, and then Cardiff. They and, had and four, four but, against Cardiff, yeah. But I mean, between there, it's just you know one or two one goals or two. a game, and. Yeah. I mean, it's game week eleven. We're not in game week five. I, that that that's like not great. And to consider, you know, most thirteen, Monty's ten. It's it's a tough job. And I am definitely in the mindset where you know taking Salah to the team after Fulham is is very reasonable to me, it's, especially when you look at the captaincy of like you know between Mo and Mane. If you really need to go Liverpool that week, you know it's. It's not ideal to Captain Mane over Mo, but he's fucking three million less. So if that lets you have like Alonzo, Sterling, Hazard, Kuhn instead of having players like, you know, Gomez, you know, fucking, I don't know, Mert, like Arnie and like Richarlison, like that's a big difference. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. I think at this point, it feels okay to go like after this week. You got to emphasize that because don't make the same mistake I did. You keep Mo this week, no question. But after this week, if you went Moda Has or Moda Raz, and you because my big thing, like again, this is like two weeks ago where I feel, just feel like I fucking wildcard at the exact wrong time to fuck myself. But two weeks ago, I was saying no to any thoughts of removing Salah from my team because there was like no other captaincy options I felt good about, you know? And then right after I fucking wildcard, Kuhn plays 90 and explodes because he played 90 and Raz explodes and has is, is always good. But now it's like, I feel like those, all three of those are reasonable captaincy options. And so Mo is not required anymore, you know? And it's like, I'm with you on City. I mean, I'm all the way with you. I'm with you from two pods ago with you. But it's funny how we talked about like me going like triple City and swerving a City attacker because of the like minutes and rotation and all that shit. Even though I was just saying how much fucking better they are than every other team in Europe, like fucking Barcelona included. And then we didn't talk at all about going like, triple Liverpool defense and swerving on Salah, who's two million more expensive than Raz to begin with, you know? Where it's just like hindsight's twenty twenty, but fuck me, you know. It's just a difficult thing with Mo because honestly, every single season, the highest like priced player always like kind of not always, but usually fails to live up to the heights of what they had last year. It's like you know, there was the year when RVP was twelve, and he was just absurd. So, like, okay, fine, but you know, he's thirteen million, and and he's not anywhere close to earning that to date. Granted, the underlying stats have been there, but you know, the thirteen million is so much, and it's it's just difficult to break, like, you know, and make the leap from just like, okay, yes, he's really good. Like, underlying stats are great. Like, could have a triple return any game, but. He's not earning the price tag, so I'm going to put Mane in my team. I'm going to put three million elsewhere, and I'm going to try and 
you know, cover it some other way. It's just, it's just a big leap of faith. Yeah. And covering it, I don't, like you just said, I mean, like covering it to me doesn't even feel necessary. Like you want a Liverpool attacker, but if you, if that means sacrificing Hazard, Raz or Kuhn, then I would not pick Mane over any of them. I don't think. So it's like, yeah, not, yeah. So, I mean, back to the original question, right? So like, yeah, I, I mean, Hazard, Kuhn and Raz, definitely I like more than any of the, than Mo at this point. Yeah. Dark the other thing with the other thing with I mean with City is free flowing that speaks for itself. But the other thing with Hazard is like he earns like a hundred and fifty percent of the points that Mo does when they return. He Mo needs a minimum of a double return to get like one bonus point. Oh yeah. yeah when ha- Hazard gets one return, he gets minimum one bonus point. So like that's a big difference, especially you know you're you're looking at two and a half million that you're paying for the player. I mean, if if Hazard gets a goal and they win and he's on ten, you know Mo gets like two assists and he's like the same same point total on a double return and you're paying three million or two million more. It's difficult for that to, for him to keep pace. I think. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Put in a unfavorable position and. Not exploding, so that's the problem. It's actually interesting because I feel like, I feel like last year he didn't really have that many huge explosive weeks. Salah, like he had some, but he was just so consistent, and that's what made him just the best thing ever. Aside from being like four million cheaper, and maybe there was no one else that consistent, so it was just captain him every week. You'll like never, pretty much never lose out on points if you just captain Mo every week, but. This week, just the the levels of explode. I mean, sorry, not this week. This season, the levels of explosion are just so high from the city guys, from Hazard, even like Kane. In some weeks, that it's like he doesn't like being consistent. It's no longer good enough to be, you know, like captain captain every week and be the most expensive player in the game. You have to be, you have to be twenty point potential every week, and he kind of doesn't have that. No, I mean he had forty-four returns last season in the league in, in thirty-eight game weeks, so that's over one per game. And right now he has nine through nine returns through eleven game weeks. And like you mentioned, I mean last season he's priced at nine five. Like they priced him at thirteen million this season again, like Raz, like for a fucking reason because he had forty fucking four returns last season. So if he does that again, then he's worth thirteen every day in the, of the week. No question about it, and we're thrilled about that. But I when know, he's, though, I think, I do think the explosion factor has to be considered more than that because you just said he's he's on nine returns in eleven matches. He's not that far off off of last year's pace. He's returning like on average almost every week. Yeah, but like if if you have like thirty three returns through thirty eight game weeks and you're paying thirteen million, like that's not good enough, I don't think. Yeah, but I'm saying that even last year, like if he was thirteen and putting up last year's numbers, like I mean, it'd be ridiculous to say if he was putting up last year's number, you wouldn't own him. But he wouldn't really be a captaincy every week, even though he returned like between six and eight every single week. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying is yeah. the difference. Yeah. yeah. Last year, like yeah. no one was capping Raz or Kuhn or Has, and Kane was bad for most of the season. So it was like, who are who are the other captaincy options last year? I don't even know. 
That's let's move on. Um, one other thing I think before questions is just we talk about it every week, but mid price mids are just in and out of thoughts at all times. John Astry's unslacks at city mids. There's Dilva with no Kevin seems pretty good. Dilva for less might be better. Martial in that range too. Overall thoughts of on that range of players, and I just like in my head made a list of like. Fraser, Richarlison, Siggy, Pereira, Martial, Maddo, Felipe Anderson. There's a lot of guys yeah, there. So what do you, who, who, give me like a ranking? Who do you love? Who do you, it's medium, hard to fucking you... rank, but one, one that I would start with is Maddo because I've gotten so many, we've gotten so many questions on Twitter and everything about Maddo. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm stubbornly sticking by the fact that I think he's still a good long term pick. I mean, he had like the, David syndrome of two weeks ago. He had an open net this week and just didn't score it. And he still had really good underlying sets and looked pretty good. They have home Burnley at Brighton, home Wofford at Fulham. I still feel like he's a good long-term pick, but I will preface it with saying Martial and Richarlison, like if he went Maddo to one of those guys, I can't really argue against that. I just think they're better. I agree. I mean, I I think... Again, we've been talking about it since gimmick one that Maddo is kind of like an Ericsson light and he's going to finish the season definitely in the top, you know, 10, if not top six or so midfield total point getters. But Leicester are awful. I mean, they're just a terrible team and they have really bad attackers and they just chop and change every game and they're just a bad fucking team. And. You know, Richarlison is finding his feet. I mean, we were down on him last week just because he rattled off, you know, a couple of really bad performances, even though he did get an assist. But, you know, he looked, brace, his stats weren't off the page, but. The brace was just so was a, sick, though. Oh, my yeah, God. Just like, like, the thing with Richarlison, he's just like, he's good. He's just a fucking he's good really player. good at football, yeah. Yeah, he's just good, and he's going to get his goals. And the price at a position, you know, Siggy's definitely on it. He's creating a lot, and he's playing in the role that he likes to do, like kind of free number 10. I don't understand why you would want to hold Madison. I don't think the fixtures mean anything for Lester because I do think that they're a bottom five attacking team in the division. So I would just get rid if you can. Um I would prioritize that, in fact. Yeah, isn't that crazy, though, that they are that bad at attacking? I think that's, that's fucking Puel, also. I should throw that in there. Yeah, it's 100% Puel. I mean, we've been talking about the personnel's decent. He keeps playing like Wes Morgan and shit. That tells you about his evaluative, like how, how he evaluates players. So. Yeah, it just seems like Maddo is just such fucking class. If you put him on a top half attacking team, like he would just be exploding, but. Yeah, he's shackled. I mean, imagine if he was on Spurs. That'd be fucking amazing. Like swap him with Siggy. Yeah, and everything. Yeah, he would be fucking destroying everything. But uh, Pereira, though, I have, Watford, we, we continue to talk about it. We just never know what Watford team's going to turn up week yeah. on week. Yeah. And they have Liverpool and City, two of the next four. It's just like concerning. I don't love. When you have an out of position Richarlison, you have Martial who's playing on a, a top six, top five team, kind of out of position at striker. I just don't understand. It's like being too cute when there are just other options that are in the similar price bracket that you want. What do you What do you think about Pereira? And yeah, Watford? I mean, 
I, I think I agree. We both agree clearly that Richarlison and Marshall are head and shoulders the best of this group. I yeah, do think sure. Pereira, much different player than Madison, but similar sort of will be, he will trickle in points because he's good and he's the danger man and Watford are decent. But yeah, it's a little bit concerning when they get shut out by Newcastle, even though their underlying stats are very, very good. Newcastle kind of got a little bit lucky, it seems like, but. Yeah, it just seems like overthinking it. I mean, Felipe Anderson too. I should say, like, I obviously, if you listen to this podcast, you know my love for Felipe Anderson. I think he's like extremely good, and I love watching him every second of the day. But he's taken, I think, before this game week, I think he had taken nine shots in ten starts. And then all of a sudden he puts in five shots, two goals. Could have honestly had four goals. He hit the bar and one was cleared off the line. But I don't believe that he's going to keep taking like five shots and scoring lots of goals until I see it. So for me, for Philippe Anderson, he's still at least two weeks away before being considered because I want to see him do it again this week and then I don't want to bring him in for City and then maybe I'd consider him after that. Yeah, I think it's a, a really big game against Huddersfield to see what he does because yeah. you know they've had we've talked about they've had a really difficult fixture run for basically the entire season until game week ten and you know he's settling into a new team, new league. Obviously, West Ham they buy fifty new players. They have a completely different exile that they had last season. So and injuries it, are fucking yeah, injuries. Are, yeah. If he does it against Huddersfield. Waiting until after City and just playing the fixtures from 14 onwards because the fixtures till fucking 2019 are out of this world. I like that a lot. That's really good. Yeah, it's potentially yeah. West Ham double up of Arnie and Felipe. If if Felipe does it again versus Huddersfield after City seems potentially very very good. And they're also <laughs> must be said with the injuries and stuff like they're indispensable. Like I cannot. Imagine watching this West Ham team without either Arnie or Felipe Anderson in it when they're trying well, to win I mean, games and trying to dig themselves out from the bottom half of the table and stuff. I so don't know. that that's harsh on Jack. Jack oh could, my god, <laughs> Jack! Like that's harsh on Snodgrass and Cheech, and uh, they have their team is so fucking weird. No, Jack could replace Felipe, no question. He could do what he does. Not not even no problems, <laughs> mate. No problem. Um. Yeah, I mean, other than that, anything else you want to key in on, or should we just rattle off some questions and stuff like that? Or yeah, let's let's get into some questions. I think that sounds good. Yeah, it's a good way to guide us. Um, so Chad on Slack, who offers better value slash potential for the next? Oh no, we just, literally just talked about this, so delete that. Um, Toilet Tinker on Slack is Newcastle defense an asset to look into, and then Matt on Slack said. Maybe you could do a Newcastle versus West Ham versus Brighton comparison as cheap defenders to look beyond Wolves. Yeah, how do you rank those three? That's interesting. I think, God, it was a rough week for you to bring in Balbuena and me to have Fabianski and shit because it was a bad job by West Ham, but I still would put them first. I mean, it, to me... West Ham. West Ham, out of those, yeah. Um. Newcastle, I feel like we're very fortunate to get the clean. Um, Brighton defense was just as bad as I thought they were. But going Brighton defense this, is horrible. They yeah, shouldn't be in that, this conversation. That's why I went yeah. Fabianski over Ryan, because they've 
They've been bad, even though they rattle off three cleans. It's, it's such a fucking piss take that they priced the Newcastle keeper at five. That's ridiculous. I, that was it's, a it's fucking annoying. ridiculous it's thing. Yeah, How do you price all of the defenders at four or five and the keeper's five? It's such a fucking dumb I know. shit. It's really annoying. But one thing right, that I'll going. say, I mean, like, Newcastle, we expect to eventually, like, turn it around, but underlying was still really bad, like... Watford had a ton of good chances and and could have turned in like two or three goals for sure. So I'd like to see it before buying into Newcastle just because they've been so awful this season, even though we believe in Rafa. But I I've I've said it before on here and I'll say it again. Like Pellegrini is a really, really good manager and has been for like twenty or thirty years at uh, seventy years. He's fucking a hundred years old, but he's like them letting up to kind of softish weird goals to Burnley is disappointing and they kind of fell asleep a little bit you could argue and whatever like i have more faith in like pellegrini than pretty much any other manager in the top in the bottom half of the table to like right the ship and turn around and make changes and be better and get better so i still like west ham Okay. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm just the personnel for West Ham. I'm not sure if they're up to it. Um, the cohesion. I, I don't know if I've seen the same signs. I. I still really like Wolves. You know, they, they haven't yeah, had a yeah, clean Wolves. sheet. Yeah. Haven't had a clean sheet in a few game weeks, but they look good. Um, I mean, Brighton's a write off. I. I like Newcastle. Like Rafa is sim- kind of similar to Pellegrini. Like just steady hands and. I, I like Newcastle like a little bit more than West Ham in just not looking at the fixtures for FPL just as a defensive outfit getting clean sheets just because you know Rafa sets up for the one nil every single week and Pellegrini's just like oh like go do your thing like oh we're playing fucking Cardiff like we're better like go run around and then you like, let go up a win. Dumb- yeah, it's like you let up a dumb like Burnley. Like, oh, we're playing Burnley. Like, we'll score four. It's like obviously you'll score four because you're playing fucking Sean Deitch's merry band of fuckwits, and it's a joke of a game. But they're not like Raf would be like, we're playing Burnley. Like, we must win one zero. Yeah, it's it's like that's the difference. No, I know so, what you mean. Yeah, the setup yeah. is definitely more defensive. I just think like it's it's the type of. Game. I maybe I'll eat my words in two weeks, but like it's the type of match, the West Ham Burnley match, where it's like dis- a disappointing two goals to allow. But in the end, it's like Burnley had like six shots, and the Goodmanson goal was weird, like long ball breakup of play, classic like Burnley like kind of shit weird goal, good finish, and then like a corner, and that's like pretty much all they let up all game, and it's just like. Okay, like those aren't like I'd be I'd be more concerned if Burnley had a bunch of good chances and West Ham got the clean than West Ham not getting the clean and basically holding Burnley to nothing. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, I mean they're not like systemic issues; they're just little one-offs. But yeah. All right, what do we got next? This one is just tough. But Mishkan Slack said, "How optimistic are you about the future of your FPL team?" What's the next question? No, nah, we we should talk about that though. All right. Well, then uh, why don't you kick it off, Alon? I mean, I'm very pessimistic. Would be my kickoff. I mean, I mean, I. It's hard because I know in the end, you know, last ten game weeks of the season, I do this every year. 
I'll be doing well and I'll get good double gaming points and maybe have figured out the the season by then. That's generally what I do every single season I've played FPL. So I shouldn't be that negative. Right now, I think I've really fucked up my team with my first wildcard, which is also what I do every season in FPL. But in the end, I'll probably be fine because I have a pretty consistent track record. At this point, I just am jealous of like, I tweeted I'm jealous of people who just aren't interested in sports, which shows my my like perspective outlook because it's just torturing me all the time. Like I wish I was fucking producer Nate who just like fucks off FPL for three weeks and makes no moves and then comes back and brings in a Wobie and Halls, but like <laughs> I'll be fine in the end. I sort of believe that to be true. I'm convincing myself to be true, but right now I'm just so bad that I just ha- I have no confidence whatsoever in anything I'm doing right now. What about you? Yeah. I mean, I feel like just a like a ship in the night with no lights. It's this by so every possible metric of a life, my worst season since I've been playing FPL. And yeah, it's it's also such a weird thing because I still haven't yet to take a hit. I still feel like my team has been fine since game week one, and I just. Don't get points, and I don't do. I don't get green arrows, and I'm my overall rank is worse than it has been in, in every single season I played to this point. You know, game week ten or eleven, wherever we are this yeah, season. Yeah, let me let me cut you off because D Silva also said he said Walsh suggested this year has been intent on playing the game differently, learning from the lessons of previous seasons by holding top players through lean patches, all in all being more patient and conservative. Despite this, he's not had a great start to the season. Having the chance again, what would he and you, Alon, have done differently, and how does this affect the rest of your seasons? Sort of, just sort of, just what you're talking about, anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to you know take it right now in a snapshot and like effectively answer that question. But I mean, realistically, it's just been I haven't been hitting captains. I haven't been jumping on and off of. Form players like I normally do, and I haven't been writing like bandwagon prices like I sometimes have done in seasons past. But I, I, I feel like this the way I've been playing this season is like fine, but it's just not, it's just not, like not coming together. And it's really frustrating because I, I see everyone else's teams who are like ranked like 8K or like, you know, 12K, and I have this fucking same team. I'm like 12 of fucking 15 players similar. Or they like you yeah. know twelve of their fifty, and I'm just like, how the fuck is my rank this bad? Like I, I miss a couple captains. I, I you know I didn't didn't get on someone at the week before or something like this, and I'm just like, what's happening? It's such a confounding thing. And you know we have the pod, and we we fucking think and we think about it every day, twenty four seven, and like I don't know if it's just like now we're overcorrecting from when we would be like. Last year, I was fucking hammered one night, and I text you. I'm like, I'm taking a minus eight to bring in like Toby, and you're like, haha, like great. And I didn't. It was like great, <laughs> but, but like now I mean, it's like, there is something to that, right? I mean, I feel like playing the game is harder when you have a pod than or like you know you're publicly dissecting and analyzing every single thing you do versus not, right? Because it's just like. I just explained at the beginning of the pod how much overthinking and like over tinkering and everything I did on my wild card. Like two weeks ago, I literally said that City is like the best attack on planet Earth. 
And then I wildcarded in none of their attackers. Like, I'm dumb. Like, I just do this shit. We both make stupid shit and don't listen to ourselves, which is, I guess, why people, part of the reason people still listen to us is, like, we don't say all of these dumb things. We just do dumb things. <laughs> so just don't well, do a, what we do, but we have some things to say. Yeah. It's the other thing. is like, in Slack, when people are like, I'm ranked, like, 3K, it's, like, it's all... Like to your pod and your advice and the rate my team yeah. channel in Slack, and I'm like, can you give me advice? Yeah, <laughs> I'm exactly, like, what yeah. am I telling you? Like, why am I not doing what I'm telling you? It's like you know, we we tell we see the angles, but we don't have like the balls to play them, and we just like overthink everything. It's like, and then we we talk about like you know your wild card this weekend. We're talking. It's like. Like, is it a problem that's no city? It's like, it's kind of a problem. It's like, oh yeah, but then they have like, after Southampton, they have like, blah, blah, blah. Like, they have like rotating, like Pep, you know, like fixtures are mixed. Like, who's going to play midfield? Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, put it in Hazard, like, spread it in defense. Like, makes more, a lot more sense. But it's just like, if you're a fucking Joe Schmo who looks at their team on Thursday night and they're like, Aguero has the most points in it, like, I'm going to get him. It's just like, oh my what God. Are we doing? If, yeah, remove your. Like third person, your own body, out of body experience. You look down and you're like, "Oh, Kev's injured for another month. Okay, I'll get Dilva. Oh, Sterling and Kuhn are like the highest scoring players on the best attacking team in Europe. Yeah, those they seem good. I should yeah. probably get those guys. Good, good shit. It's just a tough job. I mean, again, you know, we're, we'll finish like fine. I mean, we're not going to have good seasons by any like. No, no, no. I mean, Ray like keeps sending like. All of the elite FPL oh, managers of life, and he includes us. It's just like just a to farce fucking at this piss point. me off at this yeah, point. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, just to take the piss. But did you see Eggy Bread's fucking meme of me? No, I do. I want to know about this. I mean, it's just, it's just, and the response I gave him the, was just French, like "suck my French dick" toast? or "fuck you" or something like that. I don't know. The French toast guy. Yeah, yeah, French toast guy. Actually, yeah. his question's next. Is Eggy Bread on Slack? Is this the most fucked up, unpredictable head fuck FPL season ever? And how do we negotiate no. the mid no. to long term when we're getting destroyed every other week? I think this is since I've been playing the by far the most predictable season. Um, there's no you know five five Mares who's taken the league by storm and he's in every team. The players that are scoring the most points are the players in the game that are priced that are most expensive. the most expensive. It's yeah. just the, the players in defense, like the clean sheets, like everything is just so scripted. The best teams are by far better than every other team. Is basically yeah, what you're saying. Yeah. Again, it's just been a matter of you know jumping on and off the right ship at the right time, capturing the right player at the right time, and and trying to find incremental gains that way, but. Yeah, I, I think this season's been very straightforward. We're just stupid, so yeah, we're, we're not stupid. playing the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kawhi Leonard on Twitter, Ari Kane starting to be a differential. Stats again are ridiculous. He was really yeah, good. I mean, oh, absolutely outstanding against Wolves last weekend. He was, old, this, he was this, old I mean, Kane. this was yeah, it's just vintage Kane. It's like what we expected. This is the twelve five candy. He was so good. He was all over the place, in and around the box, buzzing. Wasn't was shooting at will, uh, just popping rockets at goal. I mean, Ruby made a couple of really good world, really good. Probably, yeah, probably should have had a brace in that game. I mean, brace today against fucking PSV. Play PSV, yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's definitely one point five. 
in the yeah, I mean, it was insane. And yeah, I mean, for my like lay brain, I, I just heard you say like seven because I don't know. It's just he had, under, he had but... eight shots, and he hasn't had eight or more shots since January thirty first. Yeah, it seems good. So, yeah. yeah, no, I, I think Kane back of the head. I mean, back of the mind rather. They the fixture is still a little bit mixed coming up, but just see what he does. But the, again, it's just like. International break coming up, you know what that means. It's like Kane fucking flying all over the world and playing 180 for these meaningless games. It's like it doesn't help. It just does not help. Yeah. So that's a, that's a worry. But I think that it's back. It's also back. I mean, we haven't talked about fixture congestion. It's coming up soon, also in December. But you know, when you have that 90 minute nailed on Kane, he's like he's obviously never playing your rent over him. It's just. It's such a big boon to just have that in your team. Yeah, so he steady. never ever misses time, pretty much. Yeah, but but yeah, I, I still it's, it's still very very much a, like a monitor monitor can at this moment. But definitely should be coming back into thoughts because, like again, you know, I mean, the performance against Wolves was just outstanding. And then was, today, I'm just looking so up his stats today because I didn't watch that game live. He had eight shots again, four shots on target. Dude, whoo, Kane yeah. is out of nowhere. Really, I mean, he just was. I guess he was right all along when he said he just needed to like play into form and fitness and yeah, that, that's, that's possible. I mean, he, he still can't outpace you know oh. Balbuena, Balbuena, but <laughs> it's, it doesn't I guess matter as much. I, I don't know. Yeah, he's a good player. Um, damn Kane, I fucking looked at Kane, and I also looked at Murata too a lot when I was looking for find any forwards that are good on my wild card. Ended up with Glenn Murray. Um, T.O., that guy, T.O. Arnie on Slack. With Christmas fixtures pile up approaching and Pep's wheel about to become even wackier, is it plausible to drop all city attackers? Now we talked about this. It's just a bad job. Um, TJC on Slack. It seems this year, as soon as something seems to be settled wisdom, one game week changes that. Without wanting to be too knee jerky, what patient plays have paid off and which haven't? That's interesting. I mean, Kuhn for sure, right? I mean, he's a player. It yeah. hasn't helped either of us. I mean, you just got rid of him, but I've had him since game week one. It hasn't helped me at all because I'm fucking horrible at this game, but that's paid off. Um, Mo definitely has not paid off. Mane would have paid off. Alonso definitely paid off. He's top's defender, even though yeah. not, in, not in many game week one teams. Um, what else? What, what are you? What are you looking at? Yeah, I mean, people that jumped on Hazard early, of course, he just hasn't slowed down at all. Even subs on and scores points. I mean, fucking Aubameyang. <laughs> like, to, I would have told you it's the worst thing ever to possibly keep him, and there he is, just fucking flying in points. Um, Rob Mendy also. I mean, a lot Rob of us Mendy. were on that. A lot of us were on both of them at the beginning of the season, and they—I mean—they're they're two and, and five in the defender. Totals. Yeah, I mean, Arnie looks like he will come through. Um, I think Bournemouth put a big, big fucking marker down with their performance, at least the first half against United. That maybe those who preempted it and got rid of them early aren't feeling too good. I mean, Callum and Fraser and Brooks all looked tremendous. Um, yeah, I don't know, something like that. Hmm. Um. Also, TJC on Slack one for Walsh. What do you think it'll take for you to pop the wild card? Um, I'm making a very aggressive move this week to get Mane in. Uh, very much destabilizing my defense by bringing in an absolute dead piece of fuck. So it could be coming soon. Um, 
maybe over the international break. We'll see. But I think the the Liverpool Fulham game is going to be very very important to see if I'm going to move forward with wild card or if I'm going to sit tight. But it's it's coming soon. It's definitely coming soon. Yeah. Within the next like three game weeks, I'll probably probably go for it. I can't wait to just cheer you on from the sideline as you fly past me. It's going to be great. Um, Victor on Twitter. I'm going to save one transfer this week and just get rid of Kanakao. Who to get in for five five? I've zero in the bank. Thanks for the great pod. Thank you, Victor. Oh, thanks, Vic. It's a Jerry D easy answer for me. Jerry D's good. Yeah, he looked good yeah. again on highlights. Yeah. He's great. He's Is there anyone Kamarasa. else? No, not really. I mean, Kamarasa for fucking Cardiff. The stats have been pretty good. He's, He's good, but you don't want to start him every week. No, you don't want to start him. But I mean, at the same time, it's like people are like, "Oh, Josh Murray, like he's okay. Like we could start him." That's like price bias, and his stats are worse than Kamarasa every week on week. So, you know, I, I no, I, I just think Jerry D is a fantastic player, and you know, it's a difference when you're you know every every point one counts, and if you're spending. You know, five four and Jerry D versus like six four and Pereira. Even though it's a Wofford attack that we're not that sure about, I think it's it's worth it for Jerry D. I think I think that's a clear pick. For me. Yeah, it seems worth it. Um, let's just do one more here. FPL Gecko on Twitter. I'm selling Mitro because he's trash. I already have Arnie in success. Who's your pick of Callum Hammer Menez <laughs> or Ings? I mean, it's easy, easy Callum. I, I don't give a fuck about the fixtures. Obviously, their fixtures are worse than both Southamptons and uh, Wolves. And Wolves, but he's so good. He's so good. He's and just the a reborn man. He's just ready. I mean, and the, the team's good. And the they team attack is fucking good. All yeah. game, and it's, they're fantastic. A fantastic job. Yep. But the, you know, there is the price difference. I mean, it's a million, a million jump from Ings yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and Jimenez. So, I mean, if you can afford that, then go for it. But if not. Um, you know, Ings has foam coming up soon. It's almost like a hokey cokey situation because they kind of like Ings has a couple good ones and Wolves get a little bit better. So you know, could do could do that. I, I have an eye towards doing that as well. Doing what? Like keeping Ings for a couple and then switching him to Jimenez. I just think Ings is better. Yeah, although, better, although what do we make of the Neves Jimenez penalty shit? That was weird. I think it was, yeah, it was really weird. I think it was just like a. Like a one-off, like a really weird thing that they got two in the same game, and he's just like, "I can only do this pen." So he's like, "You do it." He's like, yeah. "Okay, fine, fine, bro." But, okay, bro. Yeah. I mean, he slotted the fuck out of Neves. Oh, it slotted the fuck pen. out of the pen. Yeah. It was beautiful. no question so, about the quality of the pen. It was just a weird thing. Usually, yeah, you, no, it was, you have your taker. You know, it's like yeah, they're just like both Spanish Portuguese like best friends. Just a couple of best friends. Spanish and Portuguese. <laughs> well, I don't know. Is Jimenez? He can't be Portuguese, is he? He's Mexican. Yeah, so he's Spanish. Yeah. Okay. Chill. Yeah, yeah, um, chill, yeah I don't know. I just, I just feel like Ings is just like better. And Southampton are obviously worse than Wolves, but attacking Wolves are fucking bad too. And so, <sighs> it's, it's good to not be in this bracket. I'm not gonna, not gonna mince words about that. Yeah, I mean, Glenn Murray's the clear pick. Zero zero touches in the box, zero shots. Seems, seems good. Fifty five percent pass completion. That's the guy you want, dude. Trust me. Trust me. I got him, bro, bro. Glenn was a big. I didn't go into details about Glenn, but I I did with you. I texted you about this, but Glenn was a massive oversight of. Probably just this is what happens when you make your final wild card tinkers at five in the morning, but. 
I just, ah, should I even go into this? I'll, if you want to know, ask me and I'll explain why Glenn was such a big mistake, even though I was kind of into him all week. But that's no, it. I mean, they're the, mid, the midfielders of the same price bracket, you want them, but Basically, it was just like, yeah, I wanted you, two you forwards. You wanted Glenn so bad. No, I wanted two forwards. That was the no, thing you, early on. You, I want, decided. you wanted Glenner. No. You wanted the You wanted Muzza. Without Arnie, I was like, Glenn is fine. And then I got convinced to get Arnie, thankfully. Shout out to Slack. And then was my opportunity to switch out of Glenner because I don't need three forwards. I only wanted a minimum of two. I didn't do it. It's fucked up. Uh, you know, whatever. Here we are. <sighs> I'm bad. I'm bad. My team's fucked. Maybe I'll just take like a minus 12 this week or something. Last time you did a 12, you fucking had a huge green. Yeah, I mean, it's maybe it's time to just YOLO. I don't care. I'm a, I'm not going to start doing well until game week 30 anyway. That's just what I do every year. So, uh, All right. All right, you want to go to Captain's Our Teams and shit? Yeah, yeah, let's, let's go. So two two captain questions that I saved for this part, but... So Hazel Rocket on Slack said, is triple captaining Salah versus Fulham being a complete idiot? And then yeah. Nara <laughs> on Slack said, captaincy for a lot of people has been Salah or Aguero, whoever plays at home, as they've had perfect home slash away rotation. We are obviously captaining Salah who's playing Fulham at home this week, it goes without saying, but going forward, how do we choose between Salah, Kuhn, Raz, captain with both City and Liverpool until week 18 have zero home slash away fixture rotation? Um, I mean, Kuhn historically has performed much worse on the road compared to at home. Raz is kind of like steady performer, home or away, doesn't really matter. I, I would have captain Raz over Kuhn every day of the week, twice on Sunday, not even close. But in terms of Mo, I, I just think that looking at home away is just naive. It's like a thing of like two years ago when you're, you know, you're we're looking at like goalkeeper rotation. It's like a home, home, whatever. Like it doesn't fucking matter. You look at the fixture. Um, that's it. I mean, I, I, if Mo looks good, then the fixtures like at fucking Leicester or at Burnley or at Watford and Coons home like Everton or home, you know, Arsenal. Like you, you know, you go with the better fixture for Liverpool or whatever. It's it's that's some boring. Yeah, and its form will play a large part in this. It's it's naive to think of like who you're going to captain six weeks from now because. Maybe Liverpool are scoring five a game at that point, and Mo is just auto captain, or you know, it, things yeah, change. It also so. it bothers me so much when I fucking see people like talking about things that are over a month away. I'm like, dude, like, what the actual fuck are you thinking? That you're like, oh, like game week like eighteen is gonna be great to like get rid of Mo and bring in. Like, I'm like, dude, like game week eighteen. Like, I'm trying to fucking wake up and tie my shoes tomorrow. <laughs> and like, everyone's they're talking about like. Six game weeks in advance. I'm like, dude, like someone could actually like die tomorrow in the game. Like, you know, like fucking Kuhn could go to LA to chill and break his ankle, like walking up the Getty stairs or something. I don't know. Like, don't talk to me about this shit yeah, that's going to happen. It's in like two interesting months. to think about, and it's good to be aware of fixture changes and stuff like that. But it's like, yeah, it's, it's just, it can't it's inform what you're doing. It's essential. Lee meaning. <laughs> well, so yeah, but other than that, I mean, Mo is the very easy captaincy this week. If you didn't have Mo, though, Mane. Yeah, probably right. I mean, if you I mean, don't Hazard's have, good too. Yeah, 
Yeah. Home I Everton mean, is good, a good attacking picture. Yeah, but home full, obviously. No, I, I, it's another level, yeah. but it's always been... It's always been about like the involvement between Salah and Mane. It's like Mane can legit Hattie against anyone and blank against anyone, you know. Whereas like because yeah. he could just not take the shots or not be that involved, and that's a thing that happens sometimes. But Hazard home Everton. If Chelsea managed to score like three or four home Everton, which is definitely possible, then like it's almost unimaginable that Hazard wouldn't be like double returning or triple returning in that, you know? That's fair. But, yeah, Salah's a very, very easy captain this week. I would still captain Mane over Hazard. I probably would too, but I don't hate a Hazard captain, I guess I should say. Okay. But, yeah, captain Mane also sort of might protect you from not owning Salah, just in case he pops off. Maybe Mane will be involved in the same thing, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I, it's just you know you look at the fixture. You never expect Chelsea to put four plus past anybody. I mean, they could play fucking Chelsea. home Huddersfield. I'm, yeah, I, I still don't feel that way. Like they play home Huddersfield, I'm like three nil, like maybe. Yeah, but I mean their last two I, are like home Palace three, at, at Burnley four. Yeah, I just I don't know. I, I don't feel that way, honestly. Yeah. Like just when I see them and I think about it, I'm just I don't I don't think about it in the same way that I think about Liverpool and City and Morata Mar- though. When, it's Morata's time now. Yeah, Morata's so good. But City, you know, when they play United, it's gonna be a gonna be a big game. It's those games we've seen all season, the the top teams they've been playing each other very tight and it's just we think it's gonna be goals and open games and it hasn't been that way. So You know what's it's funny just, though about that game? Sorry to cut you off, it's just no. Southampton and United have just pretty much exactly the same, just as bad defensive underlying numbers. Like United have one clean on the season. Southampton have four. Uh, Like the goals conceded, Southampton has conceded 20, United have conceded 18, and Southampton just got done by for six. And they've only conceded two more than United. And even like the XG and those kind of stats are very similar too. So it's like, so I mean, like, but this is honestly like the trap that we fell into in Liverpool are playing Arsenal oh, last week. I, I totally agree with you. I'm just saying it's yeah. funny because like, yeah, they've been so bad. Like yeah. United are the people that they're closest to, and like underlying numbers are Cardiff, Newcastle, Huddersfield, and Palace. I mean, Palace are way better than them underlying defensive numbers. But it's like you just know that like Jose is going to get everyone up for this, and it's going to be like a tight game because City are going to play. You know, I don't need to go into it, but it is funny how that happens. Yeah, dude, United suck. <laughs> They're kind of bad. So, what is this the drastic move that you're making to get Mane in? So I'm going to do Trent down to Peltier, the uh, 3.8 million defender special. And doing Dilv to Mane. Wow. Uh, with my with my two free swaps. Wow. Nice. Yeah, I mean, Dilv's, it's just, Dilv's again, volley it's, didn't get you wet enough. It's just it's just the same thing that we've been talking about all season about, you know, being passive and holding assets like Dill's like great underlying stats. Kevin's dead. Like City score all these goals every fucking game week, but you know, you watch City, and he also just sometimes just chills in the center circle when they're making an attacking action. And you know, he he makes these like little key passes. He's on like indirect set pieces, where but like 
he's fucking a five and he's not returning like anyone in and around his bracket. Like oh, I'd rather he has have seven, three, and nine his last three games. Yeah, but like I'd rather have like Richarlison for two million less. Like I'd rather have a premium asset for only like one million more. It's just like yeah. what am I getting with him? Like he doesn't get bonus points somehow because they score fifty goals a game and he just never gets bonus points. He does not get double returns very often, and when he again when he does, he doesn't get the bonus points. It's just like, what am I paying for? He looks great. He's a key cog to everything City does. Like, great, blah 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 blah. But I mean, like, getting Dilvin in game week three is a, a big reason why I'm fucking horrible this season because he just like ticks and trickles along like Madison does. But I'm paying like. Thirty percent more for it, and it's yeah, just yeah. been. I mean, he's horrible. been obviously bad for the large part of the season. It just seems like right now he's trending upwards big time. But yeah, no, I mean he's. But that's again, he's been trending upwards literally all season since he like but came the, back the from points to fitness. Have follow though, and the points are finally coming in. But but again, it's like the points are coming in, but it's like five, seven, like okay, but. If I'm paying near premium, like I want hat trick potential, and he's so far away from that. Yeah. Like I, I'd rather have fucking Tony Marshall. He's a fucking brace potential. That's a fifteen pointer. Yeah, yeah. David Silva takes three weeks to no, hit fifteen points. I understand. Just playing devil's advocate here. No, no, no. Sense. I understand. I know you love Dilf. I also love Dilf, but it's gotten to the point where I've like I've held him for ridiculously good fixtures, and he just has been awful. So I need to just fucking rip rip it off and just get rid of him. And again, you know, it's it's the kind of thing where it's like getting Mane and have, have Mo and and Mane for home Fulham is the same thing that people probably felt going into home Southampton for City. If you have Raz and Kunim, like okay, like if we score five or six goals, then I'm going to have forty fifty points from these two players. And it's just, it seems worth it. I'm not even taking a hit. I mean, my yeah, defense is amazing. amazing. I mean, to everything yeah, I mean, that we've talked about this pod, you're going into yeah. next game week with Hazard, Salah, Mane, and Kuhn. And like, yeah, I mean, my, my defense great. is going to get, my defense is going to get like three points, but I mean, your defense is going to get defense. the same amount of points that it got this week with <laughs> hey, the fucking premiums. Hey. Like, it doesn't fucking matter. Ugh. Can't. Once again, you're just making a great double move. I'm very jealous. What do you want? I've been I've been flooding a transfer for over a month. I know, but the last I feel like the last time you made a double move was the IRL pod when you brought in Haz and Fraser, and that was great too. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how this one goes. What What about you? Are you saving or are you doing something crazy? I haven't even looked, to be honest. <laughs> I've just avoided yeah. fantasy and right. avoided like my team and Twitter and thinking about it. And maybe Captain maybe Captain I'll Musk. just make a. A huge dick move. I don't know who who cares. You know, like it's going to be bad. I should just actually flip coins or something to make all my decisions. But yeah, it's darkness. I mean, I, the fixtures look good for my team, but it's not going to end well. I'll tell you that much. I love you. Yeah. All right. It's going to be fine. Yeah, it's going to be great. Well, we we will always have each other. Everyone on no Slack, like, dude. I know you had a bad week, but like your team is good going forward. Your team like looks fucking good now. I'm just like God, fucking fuck off. Yeah, I mean they they honestly though it's like it, it is a kindness because they don't know. Like I would not say that to you because I know you would just want to fucking jump through the screen and strangle <laughs> me with your hands. 
because I know you, but like they don't know you, so they're just like, what do I do to this like sad guy? Like they're trying to. You yeah, know, no, you up, they're so good. They're good. You people. understand that? They're, Except they're Maggie folks. Brad, just the fucking dropping bombs all over me. I can't wait for. I mean, let me do these patron anus last week. Four new friends to come slack and shit on me and make fun of me for being bad at FBL and depressed. They <laughs> can't wait to add you guys to the slack. We got Marvin the Martian. We got Gulema Jerisu. We got John Ianatsu. Ianudso. Ianudso. And we got Christian Carter. Christian with a K. The fuck was that? Was that Italian hands? Yeah, I was doing Italian hands with my hand. I'm glad that is you that could real, like hear that. Is that a real name or is that make believe? No, that was his real name. He actually, oh. this guy in Slack was like, "Yo, don't worry about pronouncing my name. It's like hard to pronounce." And I, what I wrote back to him in Slack was Italian hands, Ianuzo, Italian hands. I'm pretty sure I know how to pronounce it. And he was like, "You nailed it." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so there comes a time in every pod when I have to ask you the most crucial question of every pod before we can before we can clock out. So do you have any last words? I have last words today. Oh my fucking god! Let's go. If you own Trent, it is fire sell time. I, I think Liverpool defense just like Trent has been diabolical for the last. He got subbed at half today. He was fucking disgusting against uh, against Top Ars last weekend. I think it's going to be if the second that Lovren can put a Vicodin in his mouth, he's going to come back in center back, Jomez at right back. I think it's time to get rid of Trent. If you're looking at Trent as like a piece of your defense, no, no, you need no. to. No one's looking at Trent. Everyone's getting no. rid of Trent. Yeah. No, no, no. Everyone is not getting rid of Trent. I'm seeing Trent in a lot of teams. I'm also seeing people talking about bringing Trent in. Oh. It is not. It is. It is time to get rid of Trent, and it's time to just divulge yourself of that of that piece. Yeah, I'll talk to you like in a month. Maybe we'll consider Trent again. Right now, no. Yeah, no. All right, that's it. Check us out at fmlfbl.com. Follow us on Twitter at fmlfbl. Support us at patreon.com/slash fmlfbl. Subscribe, rate, review on all podcast shit, Andrew.